Good morning. Pastor Jane invited me here today to give a workshop on praying with people. We'll be meeting after this service, and it's open to anyone who wants to learn more about healing prayer, or if you're just curious about what it is. Praying with people is surprisingly easy to do. We've had the privilege of traveling to the UK, Canada, and Brazil to learn more about how other people like to pray. It's been quite an adventure and lots of fun. So I've held many workshops over the years, and people usually have a good time, so I hope you will join us. In order to set the stage for our discussion later, I wanted to talk about Jesus, the kingdom of God, and how he learned, how he negotiated the changes in his life, and how we can learn to do the same. Jesus used parables to make his points. He gave us deep truths in story form, but people didn't always understand them, do we now? But by grappling with the story is how we find the deeper truths. I'm not good at parables, but I am good at asking questions, so that's how I approach mystery. One way that I like to read the Bible is to consider it as a book of clues. Do you like mysteries? I love them. I love murder mysteries. I love trying to figure out who done it. But I also love the mysteries of God. I want to know, go deeper and to know more. I want a bigger picture of who Jesus is and how we all fit in the grand scheme of things. So I don't have a lot of answers, but I do have a lot of questions, and that's how I dig deeper. Let's look for some clues in today's readings. Paul says, as to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him, we beg you, brothers and sisters, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as though from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord is already here. Okay, what's the day of the Lord? And then in today's gospel, Jesus says, those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die anymore because they are like angels and are children of God, being children of the resurrection. Well, I wish I could tell you what all of that means. I think today's collect explains it about as well as we can hope for. O oh God, whose blessed Son came into the world, that he might destroy the works of the devil and make us children of God and heirs of eternal life, grant that having this hope, we may purify ourselves as he is pure, that when he comes again with power and great glory, we may be made like him in his eternal and glorious kingdom, where he lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. That we may be made like him. I believe the point of our lives is ultimately for us to become like Jesus. There is a verse in 1 John that says, Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. Somehow, we are supposed to change or be changed into something glorious. We will be like him. I'm exploring this today in hopes of opening us up 
to the amazing potential we carry within us. Someday we will be like him, like Jesus. Now it may seem like a big stretch to go from our ordinary lives with a million little things to manage every day to being like Jesus. But is it really? Of course by ourselves, we can't do it at all. No amount of good deeds, prayer, or social actions can make us like Jesus. But, but, God can do it. And the only requirement is that we agree to allow the change to happen. And since we have received the Holy Spirit at our baptism, then perhaps the change has already begun. I believe that as we consciously agree to let God change us, things will start to happen. And they probably won't look anything like we expect. Imagine those early disciples who left their fishing nets or tax businesses to follow Jesus. Do you think they had any idea of what they would ultimately look like? I doubt it. And by the end of the Bible, they still really don't look like Jesus. But they don't look like fishermen anymore either. I believe the trick is to agree with God and to just trust, to stay open, open to all of the changes on the inside and the outside. Our world is full of dizzying changes right now. How are we supposed to discern not just good from bad, but God's kingdom choices from all of the other choices we face? How can Jesus prepare us for that kingdom out of all of this? In fact, how did Jesus learn about that kingdom at all? The Bible tells us that Jesus emptied himself to live as a human, yet Jesus somehow still became aware of the nature of God's kingdom. And apparently some of those kingdom principles apply right here and right now. Jesus acted on them as a human. Water could be walked on, disease, even death could be overcome with a word. What if Jesus learned everything he knew while he was here? Of course, Jesus had the Hebrew Bible to study, but somehow he learned more than that. As my husband pointed out to me this week, if Jesus got his knowledge from studying only the Hebrew Bible, wouldn't he have parted the sea instead of walking on it? How did he know he could do that? And Jesus knew a lot. At times, Jesus would say, you have heard it said, but I say. Jesus had a fresh look at the old laws. The Jewish law said that you would be unclean if you touched a leper. But Jesus not only touched them, he made them clean. Do you think Jesus was born knowing this, or did he learn it somehow? Somehow Jesus knew, but how did he know? And how can we know? Actually, we have a big edge. We have the Holy Spirit. We have Jesus' life to model and inspire us. We have the Bible, and we have one another to encourage us as we search and navigate the changes in our lives and the world we know today. In the Episcopal tradition, we call this discernment. The times we're living in are full of anxiety. We need internal stability now more than ever. 40 years ago, how many of us would have actually believed we would be planning to send people to Mars? How many of us can imagine artificial intelligence and the effects it will have on our lives? Like it or not, new social issues and new technologies will force changes in our worldview. What do we cling to and what do we leave behind? If you are a confident person, you should be able to tolerate some changes 
and some differences of opinions. But what makes us confident? People's confidence seems to be falling away. And I think it's because the solid ground people believe they were standing on is shifting so fast. But they're still trying to cling to their old familiar paradigms and beliefs that just aren't working anymore. And maybe they never worked as well as they believed. The confidence we need now is confidence in God. If Jesus is our rock, how do we stay on this rock in an ever-changing world? We're dealing with so many changing worldviews. We want social justice. We want to help. We want to be good, but suddenly, something that we thought was good is now maybe not so good after all. Running around and saving people may have turned into empire building and colonialization. What was bedrock truth 50 years ago may have changed quite a lot over time. Yet the kingdom of God is still at hand and perhaps nearer than ever. I believe that Holy Spirit can help us stay in touch with the deepest parts of ourselves which probably already know God's inherent truths. After all, Jesus said the kingdom of God is within us. I think we need to take the time to slow down, look within, look around, and watch for movement of Holy Spirit. Our bishops tell us to be alert and to watch for what God is doing so we can participate. That's such a great idea, but there's a problem. We are a bundle of preconceptions, paradigms, and filters. And if we are only looking through those filters, we will only see what we've programmed ourselves to see. And I don't want to miss God's moves because I've parked on some particular idea of how the world works. Like it or not, times change, and our unchanging God still moves in mysterious ways. So how do we approach prayer in this new season? I think we might begin with an exercise. Pray to be able to identify with Jesus and ponder what is revealed. Not just what would Jesus do, but what could Jesus do? How did Jesus know? Jesus said he only did what he saw his father doing. How did he know what that was? Visions? Observations? We might find some answers at church, but they may come as you walk by a stream or go to a movie. All avenues are fair game, so try not to limit God with thoughts like, Oh, God would never talk to me like that, because who knows? We listen, we stay as open as we can, and then it's basically trial and error. We'll probably do this exercise much better in a faith community where we can share our experiences and insights. Where do we see God moving? This is a journey for all of humanity as well as for us as individuals. Of course, God is infinite. So each, if each of us does this exercise, I would expect that we'll all get very different answers and experiences, and that's as it should be. If one of us is called to wash the feet of the poor, and another studies cosmology, and another plays in a band, does that mean that someone's wrong? No, it simply means that Jesus is vast, and we are just getting different aspects of his person and his passions. So when we come together after church today to consider healing ministry, I hope that we continue the grand experiment of trying to understand the kingdom and our place in it now. I pray that we can trust God to help us. First, to be aware of some of our filters, perhaps even take some of them off, and then to help us open up to new imaginings of what healing can look like and our place in the process. Can we receive healing prayer as easily as we can accept pills from our doctor? Is it possible the two can work in conjunction? 
Can we believe that, excuse me, can we believe that God may want to use some of us or all of us to pray so effectively that we see actual results? And how do we know what a result is anyway? What if God is actually calling us beyond cause and effect prayers to something totally different? What would that look like? As you can see, I have a lot of questions and very few answers. I expect that the answers will be quite different for every individual and every congregation. But by our asking, our wondering, and our discussions, hopefully we can find a way to start exploring. Amen. <laughs>